Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name is Tom Rablick. Thank you for joining me for this particular podcast. The Australian Electoral Commission is in for a hell of a time in the next little while with the federal election coming on. And there are people who are watching for information on how the Electoral Commission will be conducting the elections and then a range of other things. And one of the new innovations, if you like, has been the way in which the AEC has begun to engage with uh, various people on social media, particularly Twitter. Now, uh, joining me to have a bit of a chat about this particular phenomenon is Evan Aiken, who is uh, one of the communications team members at the Australian Electoral Commission. Evan, thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Interesting topic. I'm happy to talk about it. Thank you. Now, before we dive into the the, the Twitterverse and, and other things you're doing, um, people may not know where you've come from in terms of uh, your career. You, you bob up occasionally, but they won't know you. But had, how would your career look if you had to sum it up on a yellow post-it note? Uh, I think a post-it note is probably all it would take. It's I'm, I'm mid-30s and I've been at the AEC for about 10 years. So the vast majority of my career is, has been in this organisation and I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of it and, and grow into it and keep on delivering federal elections because I think uh, democracy is incredibly important. So I, I love what I do and that's why I'm, I've been hanging around the AEC so long. Twitter, uh, is Twitter. that true? It's an interesting space. Um and I've been observing some of the activity on Twitter, which has, uh, for want of a better euphemism, been somewhat vibrant. The When did the AEC's comms team decide to start to engage a bit more with the Twitterverse? Uh, we've been on Twitter since 2012. Uh, and that was probably coming late to the channel, of course. Um, but we were probably a little bit robotic. We weren't particularly quick in uh, replying to things at that stage, and we were using it a little bit more of a, a one-way channel. And it was a it was a different Twitterverse to what it is now. So it's evolved over time. We we were quite active at the last federal election in 2019, very responsive, and we did use what was already at that point probably a bit of an unusual tone or approach for a public service agency uh, but it's ratcheted up a notch this electoral cycle and what we're doing is we're responding to the environment that we're presented with uh, where more people than ever before seem to be questioning the electoral process uh, potentially lifting some of those those theories from overseas particularly the US and applying them to Australia's electoral process. So we're taking a really active approach in, in defending Australia's electoral process and making sure people have accurate information heading into 2022. So it's it's naturally evolved, but it's certainly gone up an notch in recent times. There are several things yeah. that have been spoken about in relation to... Um, I guess, we, let's, let's I guess call them conspiracy theories... Um, what are the, for example, you've got the Dominion machines, a conspiracy theory where it, 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 I don't know where it came from, but it seems to be a very popular one for uh, some people sitting on the fringes to spout out in, in various contexts, um, particularly protests. Um, 
do you have a clear line of sight on where that originated? Uh, the US. So um, the 2020 US presidential election, they, different jurisdictions do it differently from state to state. And of course, there's 50 states over in the US, but some of them use voting machines and some of them were Dominion voting machines. And one of the more prominent theories over in the US was, was around the corruptibility of such machines. Now, I don't know the veracity of those claims whatsoever, uh, but I know there are lawsuits and everything else going on in the US. It is a particularly strange one to lift and, and bring over to Australia, though, because, uh, you know, quite famously, Australia and our voting system in federal elections is uh, pieces of paper and a pencil. Uh, nothing has changed there. There's electoral laws don't allow for voting machines whatsoever. Um, so we couldn't use them. Uh, even if we did use them, there's high question marks as to whether or not uh, voting machines uh, would, would be corrupt or otherwise. Of course, we, if we needed to, we'd ensure that they wouldn't be. And, and even if we did, we, would we be using Dominion ones? Well, we'd have to go out to tender to make sure uh, that we got the best possible service. So there's a number of steps in between uh, our current situation and that eventuating. And it's, it's, it's just not on the table at the moment, to be frank. So it is odd uh, that people are using that theory. Word Dominion, uh, I noted there was a post somewhere where um, it was said that there was some report of a committee where Dominion machines were mentioned. Was that? Yeah, correct. Is that what some of the conspiracy theorists are hanging their hat on? It seems to be. Um, and so that was a, a, a report of the Joint Standing Committee on Electoral Matters. A committee that we interact with quite regularly, of course. Uh, it's about five years old, that report, um, and it was looking into uh, options to use electronic means to speed up the count. Um, so we were participating in that discussion, and it's a completely open inquiry. So uh, anybody was able to put in uh, comments, suggestions, submissions, and Dominion as a company decided to as well. So Quite simply, uh, we had we were quoted in one paragraph, and Dominion was quoted in one that was adjacent to us. And all of a sudden, uh, people have latched onto that uh, five years later and suggested that uh, it means something that it doesn't. So, uh, as I said, quite odd, really. Now, one of the uh, other things relates to the origin of. AEC personnel and whether people are from the military background or whether the AEC is right wing. How does that how how does that go down internally? <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> um, you know, we take our political our political neutrality rather uh, incredibly seriously, and it is disheartening when you see claims of uh, bias of the AEC without any foundation whatsoever, because we've got so many, um, we've got hundreds of people across the organisation who are just working hard day in, day out to create a fair electoral system. So it doesn't doesn't go down well, and uh, I'm sure you'd probably believe it, but we, we uh, get accused of being biased to one side of politics on social media, and you scroll down two posts and we get accused of being biased for the other side. Um, so uh, neither of which is true, of course. Uh, but yeah, it is it is disheartening um, that people at times, and it's not the majority of people, it is a minority, but people are at times so quick to, to leap to some level of conspiracy about um, corruption of the electoral system. It's just, it's simply false. The other thing that's caused, yeah, a, bit of con that's caused a bit of controversy is the 
way in which some people have promoted the fact they've been blocked by the commission. Uh, and that's been a very public sort of exposition on Twitter. What, in general terms, is the policy you have when it comes to blocking you know, the individuals on Twitter? Uh, we don't do it very often. Uh, as I said, we've been on Twitter since 2012. Uh, in that time, it's only about approximately 20 users in a decade, 20 users that we've blocked. So yeah. we're there to answer questions about the election process. Uh, we're there to have meaningful and engaging uh, discussions, uh, and that's what we want to do. Where we have uh, individuals who are uh, overly persistent, um, okay. not responsive uh, to our replies or not willing to engage in a meaningful way. And then sometimes people who get a little bit personal about the operators behind the AEC's social media account, uh, well, that's one, a distraction from our, our work and, and two, at times, if, if it is particularly persistent, it's mental health concern for our staff. So um, it will only take that action if it's absolutely required um, and we do not do it often. I noticed that there's a bit of bit of fondness in your team in, in engaging with the young 14-year-old um, newscaster, if I can call him that, Leo Pugliese. Um, how do you guys find engaging with Leo? Because it looks as if you're having a bit of fun. Yeah, it is a bit of fun, a bit of back back and forth. Uh, he, he seems to be a much more engaged 14-year-old than, uh, well, certainly I was as a 14-year-old and many across the nation, I'm sure. Um, uh, oh, look, we're engaging with him uh, just as we do a range of other citizens uh, about the election process. He's just particularly engaged and likes to have conversations about it. So if he asks a question, we'll answer with it. If there's a bit of funny back and forth, uh, I think that's all, all healthy and letting people know how the election process is working. Moving away from Twitter Moving away. Um, and looking at the other uh, modes of communication I mean, on social media, what what are you doing in relation to, to, to Facebook uh, and other social media platforms? Uh, so we, we have accounts on a range of social media platforms, Facebook you mentioned, uh, Instagram, we're on LinkedIn. We have an Indigenous-specific Facebook page as well. Um, uh, so we do have a presence on a range of a range of platforms and we're communicating there as well. Um, with, with some of them, people are not as uh, active or engaged with us as they are on Twitter. And so that's why we're a, a little bit um, less active, I suppose. But if, if people were engaging with us uh, more on those channels, we'd be, we'd be busy on those channels too. So um, the other thing is uh, we monitor some key terms um, for the AEC that gets outside of our mentions. So it's not always just when people mention us. We, we uh, mm -hmm. don't scour the internet, but we do search for people talking about the electoral system. And a lot of that is just observation, but occasionally we will jump in to provide some facts about the election system, because we think that's important if people are, are saying things that's incorrect and potentially can spread. So that's something that we're doing. But we also engage with social media organisations as well. And that's for a variety of reasons, to, to understand their platforms, to understand their policies, to have referral paths to the social media organisations. So if we do need to refer some uh, dangerous 
content uh, than we can and they can consider what potential action that they might take. And that's that's not to censor anybody or anything like that, but it's in extreme cases where perhaps the Commonwealth Electoral Act has been breached or somebody's doing something that might actually disenfranchise people, prevent them from voting. So um, we think those relationships are a good thing for us as well. You haven't struck anything like that struck lately, have you, in terms of something being particularly nasty or pernicious? Uh, in the last couple of days, we have made some referrals to social media organisations about content spread, uh, suggesting that postal voting is not a secure means of voting. Again, a bit of a lift out from US election where people have talked about what they refer to over there as mail-in votes. Um, so we referred that content to uh, a range of social media organisations, uh, Google, because there is a YouTube video floating around, Twitter and um Meta because there was a, an Instagram post um, and uh, we've received action on on some of that. I think Twitter took it down within about three hours um, off, off the back of our referral and um, Meta's taken action as well. So that's, that's helpful and an example of um, why those relationships are a good thing for us because if we respond and, and people aren't going to be responsive to that and update their information with factual things, then we have some channels there as well. We haven't yet hit the formal, you know, election period, sort of the, the uh, I'm trying not to call it a campaign period because these days things go for 24-7. Um, and some of the politicians themselves uh, tend to go 24-7 also. Are there any special things that you're doing for the you know, month or so in the lead up to the election in order to boost information to electors via social media? Do you have a, a program kicking off for, for that period? Yeah, during the election period itself, once the, the, the election has been announced, we rerun one of the most comprehensive uh, advertising campaigns coming out of the public service. Um, it's on, you know, you'll see us at, at bus shops and uh, cinemas and uh, on pre-rolls for any social media uh, videos that you see and, and a range of other channels. And we're talking about how to participate. So it's enrolments, the various voter services that we that we roll out, which of course will be a little bit different because of COVID this time, uh, as yep. well as how to vote for. So yep. the campaign period itself, it's, it's big. Um, prior to the election period, uh, we're obviously a bit quieter because what we do find is that most people respond to messages uh, at the point of sale, if you like. Uh, so if we want them to take enrolment action, uh, they're most spurred on to do it uh, when a deadline's coming up. Uh, so a lot of our activity beforehand is partnerships and third parties helping us out. We're particularly active in media at the moment, uh, talking to a range of uh, media outlets and journalists about exactly how the election is going to operate. Um, and of course, our, our native social media as well, um, we utilise. And, and something that we do use quite a bit on that is short form videos, and we find them to be particularly effective as well. So there's a range of things going on, but it really kicks off during the election period. The, and, and on an ongoing basis, will they, uh, what are the things you'd hope to be doing? Because watching you, watching the account grow on Twitter has been interesting. Watching you engage generally with people has been a uh, been a bit of fun, uh, as I said. You know, engaging with Leo Bugliese is uh, certainly um, 
fascinating. It, it's, it's a good distraction in the day. Um, are there post the election? Are you, are you looking at upping the upping the, the upping? Yeah, well, it, it is it is interesting, and you know, a, a, an entertaining and engaging Twitter account is is great. Uh, but how much audience are you getting to? Uh, we've got to be mindful of that. But what we have found from our engagement on on uh, Twitter and our other social media channels is it spreads much beyond that. We have uh, seen some coverage of our approach in mainstream media, but also, I mean, just this morning, one of my colleagues sent sent me a TikTok video that was discussing some of our responses on Twitter. So it does spread beyond that, which is which is great. After the election, uh, we'll we'll look back and review. Of course, the election is is the litmus test uh, to see how our approach has gone, how engaging we have been on our social media channels, in our advertising campaign, in our media activities. We'll, we'll go back and review it. Um, I think things are only probably going to increase rather than decrease in terms of how we need to engage because the online world just keeps on getting uh, bigger and keeps on evolving and. Um, there's fantastic elements to it and there's some not so fantastic elements to it and we need to respond to both of those. So we'll, we'll continue to review it and post-election is is a time that as an organisation we review a lot of things both operationally and in, in our communication. So we'll have a look and see what areas potentially we need to stray into uh, for the next event in 2025. I've been speaking with the been speaking. Evan Egan from the Australian Electoral Commission's Communication Commission. <laughs> on a range of things to do with their social media strategy. Evan, thank you so much for talking with me. Oh, not a problem. Happy to talk any time. And uh, if you need us, of course, you can hit us up via Twitter DMs and we'll have a chat. Thank you. And uh, thank don't you. be a stranger. We need to do this again sometime. Sounds good. We've got a big gig coming up, so happy to talk when we're in amongst that or, or afterwards, either way. Thank you.